0: Here for some music. it kind of happened
1: really organically, really like spontaneously.
0: It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the classic rock files with Kelly Parker.
1: Well, as you know, Alice Cooper was no stranger to partying back in his day, but even he was shocked, he says, by Sid Barrett's drug intake when he met Pink Floyd. He's got this series out, Who I Really Am The Diary of a Vampire. In his Audible's Words and Music series, in an excerpt, Cooper recalls spending time with Pink Floyd while both bands were still making a name for themselves in the late 60s. They had played a show together at something called the Cheetah Club in Los Angeles, and Cooper and his bandmates invited Pink Floyd to stay at their house for a few days. Alice picks up the story. One morning when I got up early, I always got up early, walked into the kitchen, and
0: there was Sid Barrett sitting at the breakfast table, staring at a box of cornflakes and laughing and having the best time of his life. And I'm looking at the cornflakes and looking at him and he'd point at them and go, huh, look, look at this. Apparently they were dancing and singing for him. I couldn't imagine how anybody could be that high that early in the morning. I mean, we got high, but we didn't get that high. I went in and said to Dennis, Dennis, Sid is sitting in the kitchen, staring at a box of cornflakes and apparently it's television to him. And Dennis said, cool. Has he got any more of that stuff? Sid Barrett eventually had to leave the band. One of the most brilliant songwriters, guitar players, and a true rock star through and through. But he wasn't on our planet. And it probably was a fun ride for him until it eventually caught up with him. Rock and roll is a dangerous business. Little did we know that the guys we looked up to, the guys we learned from, our heroes... The Jim Morrisons, the Jimi Hendrixes, the Janis Joplins would all check out at 27 years old. That was the expiration date for a rock star.
1: Cooper's Who I Really Am, The Diary of a Vampire is out today. He's also on tour this month. Ace Frehley supporting that tour. He said it's such a relief to be on the road again. This is Alice Cooper. He said everybody in this band, it's like we're kids in a candy shop. Can't wait to get on stage after a year and a half of sitting around. Okay, speaking of Pink Floyd, a few years ago Roger Waters was interviewed by Mark Maron on Mark Maron's WTF podcast and at one point Roger Waters said he felt put down constantly specifically by David Gill And Rick Wright. Here's what he said.
0: I always felt insignificant and somewhat inept. I was in a very toxic environment. Well, David and Rick mainly, who were like always trying to drag me down, always trying to knock me off whatever that perch was by claiming that I was tone deaf and that I didn't understand music. Oh, he's just a boring kind of teacher figure who tells us what to do you know but he can't tune his own guitar and they were very snotty yeah and snipey because they felt very insignificant i think
1: okay so in a brand new interview by pink floyd drummer nick mason who by the way is still tight or at least friends with roger waters he responded to waters saying that
0: i'm slightly flabbergasted by it i think that's a slightly over emotional way of putting it. that there was some sort of division within the band, you know, because Roger was always looking beyond the music in in a way. And I think possibly there was the side that wanted to do inflatables and films uh, as well as music, and those who just wanted to do music. But I I don't think they were mean to him particularly. It's hard to imagine people mean to Roger
1: and he added i'm not sure why it wasn't included in that but he added pretty sarcastically stalin was bullied comparing roger waters to stalin that's not a that's not a great comparison i suspect because these guys are still friends that roger's just going to laugh that one off but <laughs> that band wow Elsewhere in that same interview, by the way, Mason praised Charlie Watts, who he didn't know that well, he says, but he admired so much. He said, quote, he was an absolutely delightful character, and I just wanted to say something about what he provided, I suppose, to the band, because one can get sort of a bit carried away with technique, particularly with drums in a way. I don't think Charlie ever did a drum solo with the Stones, and that says quite a lot, I think, because it wasn't necessary. What really mattered was to keep that groove going for the band. It's a little bit the same with Ringo, I think, that people underestimate just how good, good they are in that particular role. And finally, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss have released the song High and Lonesome. This is the latest single from their upcoming album, Raise the Roof. It's the only original track on the album, which follows in the footsteps of their multi-award winning 2007 release, Raising Sand. Robert Plant and producer T-Bone Burnett share the writing credits. Here's what that sounds like. When I meet me in the bottom with the serpents and the vines a shout out loud will she still be mine will she still be mine will she still be
0: mine
1: I listened to the whole song, and unless I missed it, I didn't hear the words high and lonesome, which is the title of the song, at all in the lyrics, which is kind of like Led Zeppelin's Black Dog. No mention of a black dog in the song at all. Robert Plant, by the way, is doing press for the album, and he was asked about the albums being 14 years apart, and he said that was a strength. Most musicians, he said, form a band, and they stay in the band until it's over 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, whatever it is, and it starts to look sadly decrepit. It's like people hanging on to a life raft or staying in a comfortable place. With us two, there's nothing written in blood. We were ready to do something new. We knew how good it was before, so we can just join up again and see where we go. We've got nothing to lose. He said he regarded his rock background and her country background as another strength. He said, quote, I thought I'd got America down, but here was this whole world of country music I'd not encountered. That's the great thing about me and Allison. We're ably supported by a world of beautiful music that one or the other of us doesn't know too much about. She said, quote, Robert's singing is the epitome of freedom and spontaneity, and I'm pretty regimented, but there's a romance in contrast. By the way, Raise the Roof will be released on November the 19th, and they plan a tour in support of the record next year. That is the Classic Rock Files.